And here we are again with another edition of the Good Old Days of Radio Show. This is our Tuesday edition. Tuesday means drama, variety, or comedy. And we've been having comedy lately. We'll get back to drama sometime. But the adventure shows we're doing on Thursday kind of fill that bill for now. But anyway, uh, so we're going to hear some of the great comedy shows of radio for a while. This is the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. Uh, we played an episode of Phil Harris, Alice Fay some weeks back, and it was a big hit. So I thought we'd bring back one more Phil Harris, Alice Fay, And I have more, so there'll be more down the line. If you like these, we'll play some more. This one is from February 25th, 1951. A little background again on Phil Harris. Phil Harris was known to most of the baby boom generation as the voice of Baloo the Bear in The Jungle Book. But before that, the previous incarnation of his career was as a band leader and a regular on the Jack Benny Show. And in one of the first radio spinoffs, he spun off the show from Jack Benny into his own Phil Harris, Alice Faye show and was very successful at that. And he maintained a successful career as a band leader and recording artist. His most famous hit in the late 40s, early 50s, around the time of this show, was a song called The Thing. I don't know if they do that on this show, but once in a while they do. So here from February 25th, 1951, Phil Harris and Alice Faye. For your enjoyment, here is the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Ann Whitfield, Walter Scharf and his music, yours truly, Bill Foreman, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. A few weeks ago, Phil Harris and his golf partner, Dutch Harrison, won the Bing Crosby Pro Amateur Tournament at Pebble Beach. It's been quite some time since they won, but Phil hasn't let anybody forget about it. Right now, he's managed to trap his two innocent little children in the den. Well, girls, now that I got you cornered, I'm going to tell you how I won the Bing Crosby Golf Tournament. Come back here! (laughs) Won't do you any good to run for the exits. Locked all the doors and swallowed the keys. Nah. <laughs> now, girls, pay attention while I tell you how I sunk that 60-foot putt on the 17th hole. Well, here we go again, Phyllis. We might as well sit down. This always takes hours. Do you mean I told you this story before? Eleven times. <laughs> oh. Well, anyway, I'll show you how I teed off at the 17th hole. I took the club in my hands and I took Careful, Daddy. There's a vase in back of you. Please, I know what a... Vase? (laughs) Well, la-dee-da! She has an English truant officer. (laughs) Thank you, Baby Rose Marie. Look, honey, I know how to handle the club. Now, as I was saying, I took the club, swung it back... Phyllis, stop dropping your baby teeth while I'm swinging. 
that wasn't my teeth, Daddy. You broke Mommy's vase. Oh, no, your mother will fracture me. Why couldn't it have been your teeth? You're going to get a second set anyway. Phil, what happened in there? Uh-oh, hold this club, Phyllis. Oh, no, you don't. You're not going to plant any hot brassy on me. <laughs> what was that crash in here? I thought I... Phil Harris, what's that on the floor? Uh, uh, the rug. Well, what's that scattered on the rug? Um, uh, cigar ashes. I told the kids not to smoke in the living room because... <laughs> Stop it. Those aren't ashes. Those are... Oh, Phil, you broke my Chinese vase. Vase, dear, vase. How did it happen? Well, I was telling the girls how I won the Crosby Tournament at Pebble Beach, and look, as long as you're here, I'll tell you too. Hold... If I have to hear that story once more, I'm going home to Mother. Well, wait, and I'll get my hat and go with you. <laughs> she hasn't heard the story yet, I don't think. <laughs> Neither of you, have you, Willie? Everybody's heard it. We don't want to hear it again. Oh, I'd give anything if I could find a golfer to beat the knickers off of you. <laughs> Fine thing. A man wins a tournament and his own family won't listen to him tell about it. Nobody loves me in this house. Everybody hates me. Oh, if I was only old enough, I'd run away from home so fast. <laughs> I sink an 80-foot putt and nobody wants to hear about how I did it. I tell you, Alice, it was an impossible shot, but I made it. Impossible, he says. Frankie told me you couldn't miss it. What do you mean? He said you made him go out the night before and magnetize the cup and the ball. <laughs> that is a ball face lie. Wait till I see Remley. He's always trying to cause trouble. I don't know what's the matter with the guy. Why don't he leave what? Wait a minute, I'll get that. Hiya, Curly. Don't curly me, you broken down rum soaked. I can play anything by ear, Fink. <laughs> Glad to see me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Come in, you no-talent Eddie Peabody, you. What's the matter with you? Did your wave set hard and too fast and crack your little skull? Nobody has a bone to pick with you. I certainly do have a bone to pick with you. Just to belittle me and get me in trouble with my wife, you have to tell her a lie about me. Which lie are you talking about? <laughs> talking about the lie you told her about Pebble Beach, and I want you to tell her what really happened and tell her the truth. Okay. Alice, you remember when I told you about the night Curly went out to dinner with Bing Crosby? Yes. Well, her name wasn't really Bing. <laughs> her name was Bubbles. Not that one. <laughs> Let's get back to the golf. All I want you to do is to tell her how I made that 140-foot putt. And tell her that the hole and the ball weren't magnetized. No, of course they weren't, Alice. That was just a wild story I made up. Good. Now tell her how I really did make it. We planted a strong vacuum cleaner in the hole and sucked the ball. Well, that's very interesting. Now, Phil, tell me all about Bubbles. Oh, Bubbles. Well, uh, uh, saved by the Bell Telephone Company. <laughs> I'll get that one minute. Frankie, you tell me about it. Alice... Now that we're alone, there's something I want to ask you. What? Will you sing for me? Do you really want me to sing? 
No, but it's better than having you pump me about bubbles. <laughs> Here singing and there's no one there I smell blossoms and the trees are bare All day long I seem to walk on air I wonder why, I wonder why I keep tossing in my sleep at night and what's more, I've lost my appetite Stars that used to twinkle in the skies Are twinkling in my eyes, I wonder why You don't need analyzing It is not so surprising That you feel very strange but nice Your heart goes pitter-patter we know just what's the matter Because we've been there once or twice Lucky Put your head on our shoulder okay. You need someone who's older So true A rub down with a velvet glove That I'd love There is nothing you can take To relieve that pleasant ache You're not sick, you're just in love I smell blossoms very and the trees are bare Your heart All day goes long I pattern. seem to walk we know on just air what's the I matter. wonder why Because we've been there I once or twice I keep tossing in my sleep at night And what's more I've lost my wall. appetite There Stars is nothing you can take that was very pretty, Alice. Thank you, Frankie. Oh, Phil, who was that on the phone? Can't understand it. Everybody else likes me on the air. <laughs> How could a man talk to me like that over the phone and call me such names? Well, who called Phil? Mr. Scott, our sponsor. I say sponsor. <laughs> well, what did he want? Well, today's the day he's supposed to pick up my option, and he wants me to come down to his office and give him one good reason why he should. <laughs> well, there are a lot of reasons why I should pick you up, Curly None of them are any good, but there are a lot of reasons All right, Frankie, please Now, this is no time for that Because it could be very serious If you don't pick up my option That means that I'm going to be out of work Oh, what if you are, honey? You have nothing to worry about What do you mean I got nothing to worry about? Don't you realize, Alice, if I'm out of work Who's going to support you? Oh, Phil, stop making jokes at a time like this <laughs> No sense getting upset until you know exactly what Mr. Scott is going to do. Let's go down and see him. I'll go with you, Curly. You might need some legal advice. Yeah. I'm 
I'm sorry, Harris, but that's the way I feel about it. Mr. Scott, you can't do this to me. I've done a good job as a comedian on your show. I've told a lot of funny jokes. I'll admit I've done a straight line here and there, but you've got to give the audience a chance to catch their breath. You just can't keep them laughing all the time. <laughs> one laugh in October and one in January is all the time. I got a titter in December. <laughs> Mr. Scott, don't you think you're being unreasonable? Won't you please no, reconsider No, I'm, I'm sorry, and... Mrs. Harris, I'm sorry. I've given this a great deal of thought, and begging won't do any good. I'm a man who does not... Will you please get off my lap? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was up there. <laughs> now, this bickering is ridiculous. Now, look, Scotty, stop horsing around and sign this contract. Uh, Remley... You keep out of this, or I'll be forced to blunt the top of your pointed little head. <laughs> Scotty, you better sign this, or I'll tell everybody that you absconded with $50,000 of the company's money and went to Las Vegas. I only took it in nickels. I like to play the slot machines. I didn't abscond with anything! <laughs> All I did was borrow a lousy $3 from petty cash. Now, Mr. Scott, just why are you letting my husband go? Mrs. Harris, I didn't say I was letting him go. You didn't? No, no. All I'm trying to tell you, Harris, is that with conditions the way they are, I'll have to cut your salary slightly. Oh, well, gee, that's all right. I don't mind making a little less. Oh, well, now, that's the spirit, Harris. And I'm sure you'll find some way of getting along on $8 a week. <laughs> hey, Doc, look, Mr. Scott, I'm willing to make a slight cut, but this is ridiculous. And I don't have to entertain for a living. There are other ways that I can make money. Like what? I dare you to name one honest way. <laughs> I can make a good living at golf. Probably could if you caddied every day in the week. <laughs> Look, I'm not talking about caddy, and I happen to be a champion golfer. I won the Bing Crosby Tournament at Pebble Beach. Or haven't I told you about you that? You told I... me, you told me. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing you brag about your golf. I could use a broom and beat you. You could beat me? <laughs> Did you hear that, Remley? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he probably could. All right, all right. Please. Look, Scotty, I'll tell you what I'll do with you, bud. Mm -hmm. I'll play you a private match and make you a little bet. It's a deal. Okay, I'll bet you $50 that I beat you. Make it 100 Curly. We still got the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> about that gimmick. We don't get that out until we play for the big stuff. Look, uh, let it go. <laughs> Look, uh, I don't want to take advantage of that old man. He's going to be a cinch. You sure? I'm the champ, ain't I? Well, in that case, I'm going to bet $50 on you, too. Are you kidding, Clyde? You ain't had $50 since that brink robbery in Boston. <laughs> I've got it. Mr. Scott, I'll bet you $50, too, that you don't beat Curly. Very well. But what are you going to use for money? Here's my personal check for $50. Well, bounce it over and let me look at it. <laughs> my check happens to be good. 
Let me see it. Mm -hmm. First National Bank of Outer Mongolia? <laughs> it's a subsidiary of the Himalaya Building and Loan Association. <laughs> As you can see, the check is made out in your name. So I see. Pay to the order of Clyde Scott, 50 and no 100s. Llamas. <laughs> Remley, hmm? I hope you don't think I'm chicken, but uh, <laughs> I'd like to Welsh on our bet. Yeah, Remley, let him be, let him be chicken. Forget about the bet. No, this is a sure thing. You... Wait a minute. I know where I can place a bet. Curly, I'll meet you at the golf course. Where and when are you going to play? How about 2 o'clock at my club? Oh, no, let's make it 2 o'clock at my club. Well, I think you ought to play on a neutral course. Why don't you play at my club? Your club, Remley? Yeah, the Swampland Country Club and Dredging Company. <laughs> Better wear your hip boots, Scotty. I never heard of the Swampland Country Club. Oh, well, it's very famous. That's where Chloe got lost. <laughs> She was looking for a crow flight at the time. <laughs> we'll play at my club, Lakeside. Yeah, okay, I'll meet you out there. Don't worry, Curly, you can't lose. I'm gonna be caddying for you. Yeah, okay, Frankie. Okay, Scotty, I'll meet you at Lakeside, two o'clock. Yes, uh, one more thing, Harris. I want this game to be on the level. So? So Remley won't be caddying for you. I'll get you a caddy. Get me a caddy. Get me a caddy. I'll see you later, Scotty. Say, Phil, do you think you'll win? I think I'll win. Honey, I can't lose. It'll be the easiest 50 I ever made. It'll be like doing the Southern Fried Boogie. What's that? What are you thinking? You better duck the trombone player standing in back of you. There's a certain dish they always make in the South And when you eat it, you will find it melts in your mouth I'm the guy who ought to know how good it can be Cause my mammy always used to make it for me And it's that southern fried chicken I'm raving about It's the kind of food that I just can't do without Now here's the recipe, try it and you'll see When you serve it, everyone will say, hmm Butcher for the chicken, he'll do the rest Tell him what you're cooking and he'll send you the best Clean off all the feathers till there's nothing but skin Cut it into pieces and you're set to begin Making sudden fried chicken that's fit for a king Pass another plate, well look here, there's a wing Here's the recipe, try it and you'll see When you serve it, everyone will say hmm Flour you have added seasoning too. Roll the chicken in it and then here's what you do. Fry it all in deep fat until people appear. Well, they're sniffing and they're saying, what you cooking in here? They'll be glad when you show them that chicken the rough. Pass the plate again, son, I just can't get enough. Well, here's the recipe. Try it and you'll see. When you serve it, everyone will say, ah! Got 
the recipe, so why hesitate? Try the southern dish and man, you'll say that it's great. Serve it with potatoes, make them french fry, you know. Don't leave out the chicken, he's the star of the show. Cause it's southern fried chicken, this recipe's for. Don't pass me the plate, son, I can't eat anymore. Well, maybe I'll have one more gizzard. Certainly a nice club you belong to, Mr. Scott. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Harris. Say, Phil, you ought to join this club. Oh, they wouldn't let him in here. <laughs> Why not? Why can't Phil join? They don't allow actors. Answer my question. Why can't Phil join? <laughs> He's not all really. All right, Alice, all right. You ready to be beaten, Scotty? When do we start? Let's get going. As soon as the caddy I hired for you gets here. Now, now then, Harris, about your handicap. Oh, in this game, forget about it. I don't need no handicap. I'm giving you one anyway. <laughs> if you insist, okay. What is my handicap? I'm going to be your caddy. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Scott, why did you hire Willie as my caddy? Do you realize that this little squirt will do everything he can to make me lose? Yeah. <laughs> know what I'm doing every minute. <laughs> Mr. Scott, this isn't fair. I can't win if Scorpy Faye is going to caddy for me. <laughs> and I refuse to let oh, this guy... Oh, quit bellyaching and tee up. <laughs> I won't do it. You're going to do everything you can to louse me up. Philip, how can you say that? After all, I'm your caddy, and it's my sworn duty to do everything in my power to help you win. Besides, what can I do to make you lose? Well, you, you, you probably went behind the clubhouse and sawed all of my clubs halfway through. That's not fair. You peaked. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I'm not going to play with broken clubs. Well, here, you can use mine. Okay, and I'm ready to tee off. And remember, Willie, no more tricks, huh? Very well. I'll do everything I can to help you. Well, good. Now, hand me a ball. Tennis, meat, or codfish? <laughs> Just give me a regular ball. Oh, you're going to do it the sissy way, hmm? All right, here's a ball. Thank you. My first shot will be a trick one. Lie down, Willie. I'm going to knock this one off your head. Bill, you can't knock a golf ball off Willie's head. Who said anything about using a ball? <laughs> Harris, Harris, are you going to play or kibitz? But, Mr. Scott, it ain't fair. You give me a loaded caddy. I say loaded. Now, beat it, will you, Willie? I don't want you around. Scotty, I hate to say this, but I think you're cheating. Who, me? I'll have you know I don't cheat. I play this game for the mere fun of it. Well, in that case, okay. Yes, now, let's get on with the game. Now, remember, Harris, if I win, you give me $50. And if you win, I hope you don't have too much trouble finding another job. <laughs> well, Mr. Scott, why should it cost me my job if I win? I'm a sore loser. <laughs> Golf means a lot to me. When I win, I feel good all over. But when I lose, I suddenly develop arthritis in my option signing hand. <laughs> Catch on, kid. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm George now. I'm right on it. <laughs> now, I got it now, Scotty. Uh, excuse me a minute, Scotty. Look, Alice, did you hear that? Mm -hmm. If I want to keep my job, I got to throw this game. Now, what am I going to do? Throw the game. Radio jobs are scarce, and you don't televise well. well I got news for you. I'm not going to do it. I can get another job, and in the meantime, we can live on your money, and every time I say that, the blood drains out of her face. <laughs> All right, look, Alice, I'm gonna throw the game, but don't you ever tell anybody that I threw a game to keep my job. If that ever came hey, out... Hey, Curly, I'm, I'm glad to see you haven't teed off yet. Where have you been, Remley? I went to see a guy and I placed a good-sized bet on you to win. Frankie, hmm? you shouldn't have done it because I got it. Well, look, don't ask me why, but I'm gonna lose. You're gonna lose? Yes, I'm gonna lose, but don't worry, kid. I'll pay you back everything you bet on me. You will? Certainly. How much did you bet? Three million dollars. <laughs> I prefer you give it to me in cash because the check... Will you be quiet amount. a minute? Now, I'm going to lose the game. Curly, you won't lose this game. How do you know I won't? Because I hired the scorekeeper. Oh, no. If you hired the scorekeeper, he must be crooked. Maybe I am, but you can't prove it. Grover! <laughs> You're the scorekeeper? At your service, bright eyes, and with me keeping score, you gotta win. But, Grogan, you can't keep score. You don't know nothing about golf. <laughs> I don't know nothing about golf. <laughs> me, who for 20 years was the pro at the Levin White Country Club. <laughs> Just a moment. I won't allow this man to be the scorekeeper. He doesn't look honest to me. Who is this fat slob? <laughs> he is my opponent. Uh, this is Mr. Scrat, Grogan. This is my boss. Glad to meet you, Scotty, and it's too bad you lost. <laughs> what do you mean, I lost? We haven't started to play yet. Don't argue with me. According to the scorecard, Harris won the game. <laughs> what scorecard? The one I filled out after I placed 10,000 on Harris to win. Rogan, don't tell me that you bet 10,000 on me to win. Well, sure, certainly. I got it spread out all over the country. I bet two grand in Los Angeles, one in St. Louis, two in Chicago. Two in Philadelphia and three in New York. Nothing in Boston? No, I've been banned in Boston. <laughs> Look, Brogan, you shouldn't have bet on me because I'm gonna lose. Ho, 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 he's gonna lose, he says. <laughs> Harris, jokes like that make my Tringer figure itch. Tringer finger? <laughs> just found something, Remley, we never dreamed we had. <laughs> just where is that located, Mr. <laughs> Are you threatening me with your Tringer finger? <laughs> Why, heavens to rigor mortis, no. <laughs> 
say, Scotty, maybe we ought to call this game off, huh? Uh, yeah, that's okay with me. Well, it ain't okay with me. I got ten grand riding on Harris to win this game, and he better win. Now, tee off, that's all. <laughs> yes, sir. But I insist we play this fair and square. Well, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> this won't be played under the Marcus of Grogan rules. <laughs> now I'll put this ball down and you tee off. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, Grogan. I'm supposed to tee off first. Don't touch that ball, Harris. <laughs> Why not? It's got enough nitroglycerin in it to blow you back to do what diddy. <laughs> After you, Scotty. And uh, when you hit the ball by... Uh, no, no. I can't do that to him. Sponsors are too hard to get. Look, uh, Scotty, you better use your own ball. Oh, very well. Now, quiet while I tee off. Four. I couldn't wait for you to get back. Who won the game? Well, we don't know yet, honey. Grogan's adding up the score now, but it was very close. Close? I beat the pants off you, Harris. Grogan, read the final score. Yeah, okay. Here are the official figures. <laughs> Scott, 18 holes, 78 strokes. Harris, 18 holes, 16 strokes. <laughs> Sixteen strokes for eighteen holes? Yep. Two on the par. <laughs> oh, yeah, you played a great game, Harris. Oh, if I'd have been using my trigger finger, I'd have done it. <laughs> well... I'm afraid I beat you, Mr. Scott. How can you lose with this mobster keeping score for you? You can beat anybody with a man like him on your side. Grogan, I've been playing golf for 30 years, and I play every day for large stakes. So? How much would you charge to keep score for me? Folks, this is Phil again with a very important message. Maury Luxford, general campaign chairman for the Los Angeles Heart Fund Drive, gives me the following startling facts. Last year, more people died of heart diseases than the total population of San Francisco. 10 million Americans today are suffering from some form of heart disease. One out of every three people die from some form of heart ailment. The heart campaign throughout the nation is raising money for research to find the causes which kill more people than all of the next nine major diseases combined. So send your contribution to Heart, care of your local post office. Give from your heart to your heart. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This program was produced and directed by Paul Phillips. Included in today's cast were Sheldon Leonard and Gail Gordon. The part of Frankie Remley was played by Elliot Lewis. Now, Hedda Hopper's informal show, then Theater Guild on NBC.
Yeah, they mentioned Sheldon Leonard in there. Sheldon Leonard was playing Grogan, the mobster. Sheldon Leonard was known all over the industry for playing kind of like heavy mobsters and all kinds of crazy characters like that in all the um, film noir type movies and things like that. But he had a very interesting comic side to him, which would come out whenever he would appear on Phil Harris, Alice Faye and some of the other shows. And he was quite good at it. Okay. That was Phil Harris, Alice Faye from February 25th, 1951, NBC radio network. Please check out our uh, website, goodolddaysofradio.com and Facebook page, Good Old Days of Radio Show. Tell all your friends, keep the audience growing and building because it is, at least that's what we can see so far, and we want to continue that as much as possible into the future. So thank you all for listening, and good night. (laughs) 